Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where listeners will be encouraged with positive thoughts and actions that can be applied to combat that negativity that inundates our daily lives. Guiding people to see a positive perspective in personal and professional life events. Now, here is your host, Bob Brum, the Encouragement Engineer. Welcome to the Encouragement Engineering Podcast, where we help people to combat the negativity that inundates our daily lives with a positive perspective and positive action. Today's guest is Kim Hamer. On April 6, 2009, Kim watched her 44-year-old husband take his last breath. During his illness and after his death, she was amazed at the helpful ways their co-workers, bosses, friends, and family supported them. Kim started calling their kind actions acts of love. After the death of her husband, Kim, who is an HR leader, noticed how little guidance leaders receive when navigating cancer, health crisis, or death in their teens. She knew their lack of knowledge negatively affected morale, employee engagement, and productivity. So she set out to change that. Combining her personal experience with her professional knowledge and leadership skills, Kim launched her business to support leaders and coworkers when cancer or health crises affect a team member. Kim Hamer is the author of 100 Acts of Love, A Girlfriend's Guide to Loving Your Friends Through Cancer or Loss, an easy-to-read book filled with 100, 100 practical, quick, and effective ways to support a friend or coworker. She's also an HR leader and speaker who lives in Los Angeles, where she tries not to bother her relatively well-behaved college-age children. So welcome to the show, Kim Hamer. Kim, thank you for being here. I really appreciate your time. Bob, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you asking me to be here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, you know, and, and I could be saying this wrong based on what we just read in your bio, but I'm sorry for your loss. Um, you. I know it's been many years, but time never heals something like that. Um, but Very true. Thank you very much. Sure. If we could tell people about you and how you, I mean, it kind of, your bio kind of states how you got into the, you know, what you're doing. Um, but tell us a little bit more about you. And, you know, what, what enticed you, obviously, you know, what you went through kind of grew you into your business, but tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. So I always like to start with the story of my husband and I sitting in the doctor's office um, and the doctor's not talking to us. He's the doctor's looking at some results on the computer screen and, and digging through some printouts that he had made and taking notes. And finally he looks up and he says, okay, this is how we're going to go after this is the treatment plan. We're going to go after you're going to get chemo every other week and it's going to last. We're going to do it for about five months. Then we're going to, so he just kind of talked and talked and talked. And then he said, to my husband, you're not going to be able to work this time. And you can expect to be out of work for about six to seven months. I'll sign whatever paperwork needs. And, and then he kept talking. And at that point, I stopped listening wow. because I we didn't have six months of savings in our account at that point. Um, so I was like, oh, my God, how are we going to make this happen? And my husband was the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. I was bringing in extra money, but I was not. We, he, we were living off of his salary. Mm -hmm. So a couple of days later, after a couple nights of very restless sleep, I hear my husband on the phone with his boss and something about his, his tone of his voice made me get up and walk into the study and ask him what happened. And as I walked in, he hung up and I said, what did Tom say? And he just didn't say anything for a second. And you could imagine, you know, like, I feel like yeah. this is the, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to our whole entire life. And how are we going to get out of it? Um, he looked at me and he said, Tom said that they will cover my salary for the time that I'm out. 
and we both just stopped. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, there's, there's more details of that, but it's just an incredible thing. Right. Yeah. And so during that, during my husband's entanglement with cancer at that point, um, something I noticed, we both noticed is how some people stepped in immediately and knew what to say and knew what to do and kind of move forward and, right. and were really helpful while a lot more didn't know what to say and what to do. And some stumbled and a lot of people backed off and kind of pretended that nothing major was happening. And, um, and then, so we, uh, he was cancer free. It took eight months yeah. or seven months, took seven months. And, um, you know, we're trying to get our lives back together. I mean, I think people have this idea that when you, when you're cancer free, there's this kind of like, you know, I'm going to live my life to the fullest. And for us, it was just sort of looking at each other a lot going, oh my God, yes. what just happened? Right. Like a lot, right? Like, <laughs> right. did that really, uh, like, did you yeah. really just fight for your life? Like really? Yeah. Um, and there's also putting back together a marriage, you know, your, yeah. our roles shifted when he was sick. Um, I had resentments, he had resentments, you know, we had to work through that. So we started to work through that. Our marriage got, we got, you know, we kind of built a, a more solid foundation. Um, and then the, the cancer came back and less than four months later he died. And I noticed the same thing again is some of the same people stepped in and were really helpful and other people stepped out. Um, but what happened was those people who did step in, step in, I started calling them acts of love every time they did something, because that's right. what it felt like, right? It was like, here's the lasagna. Yeah. We love you. We're picking the kids up at five today and we're not bringing them back to you until 9am tomorrow, Saturday morning. We right. love you. We're taking art to the cancer treatment center. We love you. So all those things started feeling like acts of love. And, um, it started to be, especially when, after he died, it really, those kind things were part of the foundation, the, mm. the foundation that I had to rebuild right. because I was building a whole new life. Right. right. Um, so fast forward a couple years, uh, another two years later, I go back to work and I go back into the HR field and get, I work for a man whose wife has cancer and then she dies. Wow. And I sort of take a back seat because I think that every organization is going to behave the way my husband's organization did. And they didn't. Wow. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to say. I remember someone saying, we need to bring over cold cuts. And I was like, no, don't bring over food. Yeah. He's going to have, everyone mm. is going to bring over food. That Those cold cuts are going to end up in someone else's refrigerator. Yeah. Like, don't, you know, and then he came back to work and he was short tempered and a lot more short tempered than he ever was before. And I was sort of waiting for, for someone to say, Hey, this is how you work with him. And I ended up telling other people, this is how you work with him. This is what he's going through. It's wow. not personal. You have to repeat things over and over again because he's going to forget. So it was at that point I realized, Oh, other companies don't know what to no. do, or what to say, just, you know, just, it's like, it's if it, regular adults don't know what to do or what to say. Why did I expect those same adults to know what to do, what to say in the, in the work field in the right. in, in job. So, um, that's how I, that's how I started. I mean, I, you know, there's, and someone asked me once, you know, why this thing, and there's really no other way for me to explain it in that, I want to make sure that people know how much they matter to their yeah. friend, their coworker, their employee who is dealing with cancer and that they do have the ability to make it a little easier. Right. Are you going to paint their road into a beautiful yellow, big road? 
No, but all those little actions that you take at work, you know, at home during the day really do make a difference. They help the person remember that they're cared for, that they're loved, that people are seeing what they're going through and that people are there to help them. Um, and how that shows up at work is very different than how that shows up at home. So that's sort of, I mean, I don't know if that's a, the background. That's, that's enough of it. No, that's like I said, the bio kind of explains it too, but that was a very good story. It's, you know, more heartfelt. Um, one reality, I mean, this, this could be a heavy topic today because as a positive perspective or encouragement, death is not something that's encouraging, but the reality is none of us are here permanently. We all have to prepare yeah. for something, you know, of our, our, you know, end of time, um, that's inevitable. Um, so life insurance, health insurance, make sure you have all those key things, your healthcare surrogate, make sure you have that in place, a will, uh, documenting your stuff. Um, you know, not to belabor that point, but I'm sure, you know, that, those are the last things you want to try to think about when somebody's going through something like that as well. Um, but one of the things that you mentioned too, is, you know, people in a work environment don't get this type of training or anything, um, which I think is a great aspect that you saw a niche that needs to be filled. Um, I've been through all kinds of corporate training and so forth, and there's nothing like this. And right. that's um, a reality because, I mean, I've had coworkers that have had things like this occur. And yeah, you're, you're either, I don't know what to do, or you send a card, um, you say you're sorry, you try to you know, help them any way you can. And I appreciate on your website because you showed that the stack of Tupperware yeah. <laughs> were about eight feet high. <laughs> Go to her website. You'll see what I mean. You've listed out the story very well there. Um, yes. I mean, that's people, like you said, that's a small act that they're just trying to help. But <laughs> when you said it's going to end up in somebody else's fridge, there it is. You know? <laughs> exactly. And I think, you know, people look our it's our go to. It's what we've been. It's what we've learned to do. Right. Someone deals as suffering, suffering from a death or cancer. You bring food. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I developed what I call a North Star guiding system, um, which goes through five very specific steps on how you can show up either for your employee mm -hmm. or for your friend. And, and I think I started working on it to do it for business, but then all of a sudden I was working through it and I'm like, oh, this is exactly what friends need to do too. Okay. Um, so yeah. And the, and the five steps are, you know, say something, mm -hmm. deal with the feel. I love deal with the feelings that are coming up for you around their situation Right. Assess, assess what you can and cannot do. Assess for work, assess your employee, assess the team skills, assess the, the company's um, support system, what they have available, take thoughtful action right. and then reflect and repeat. Hmm. Okay. So when you, when you think, if you take them apart, small like pieces, all right. So the one thing I tell everybody, when you talk about, say something, what you said, Bob was perfect. It was perfect. And I would change one thing. I would say if, you know, I would make it more specific. So I, I'm, I'm sorry for the loss of your husband, okay. right? That's, it's not even your, it's not even my loss. It becomes much more personal, like the loss of my husband. I'm sorry, your child died, yeah. right? Things like that. If you know their name, I'm so mm. sorry, Art died, right? If you know the person's name, get in there and say that. It's such a beautiful thing to say. Okay. It feels like we're really powerless. It feels like, great, I just said it. I don't feel any better. They probably don't feel any better, but 
it does make them feel a little better, especially the more personal you can get yeah. because you are acknowledging what they are going through. And if we tie it into when we come home from work and we've had a bad day, a lot of us just want to talk about the bad day, right? Yeah. We don't want someone to fix about it. We just want to go, oh my God, George drove yeah. me crazy today. <laughs> da, 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 da. But then I did this and I accomplished this and I got the report in the boss said really, they really liked it, right? We just want to, we want someone to witness our feelings. Right. And so that's really what you want to think about doing when you talk to somebody. Mm -hmm. The number one tip I say to everyone, don't say, if you need anything, let me know. Now I know many of your audience members are probably going, Oh yeah. <laughs> hindsight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hindsight. Yeah. So here's the thing. Take the stick, hit yourself with it in the back once and then yeah. throw it out. Yeah. You didn't know any better. Right. And here's why it's not helpful. There are four specific reasons. One, because you're not acknowledging what they're going through. Right. You can acknowledge it a little bit, but like, if you need anything, you, your tone can acknowledge it a little bit, but you're not saying to their face, holy cow, what you're going through sucks, yeah. right? That's, that's, what, that's what they need, that acknowledgement. Yeah. The second reason it's not helpful is, Bob, what is anything? Yeah, like, right, it's not defined. It's yeah. not defined. I had a toddler when my husband was first sick, did that meant you were going to take your beautiful, brand new detailed BMW and drive up to school to pick up my vomiting toddler? Is that what you meant by anything? Right. Or did you mean that you'd be happy to drop off a bottle of wine yeah. on Friday night? Right. So, and you'd throw in some glasses for fun. So anything is too big a word. The third reason wow. it's not helpful. I mean, that's yeah. The sec, the third reason it's not helpful is you are now asking the person who is like deer in the headlights, what is going on in my life? Nothing is, everything is turned upside down. You're asking them to take apart their day and to find one thing that you might be able to help them with. Right? right. So I don't know about you. I mean, I joke. The only reason I know what I had for breakfast is because I don't have breakfast. <laughs> I start eating at 11. Yeah. So, so, but most of us can't remember what we had for dinner last right. night or two weeks ago. Yeah. And we go through our days as kind of these routines. It's really hard for someone who's under stress to figure out what part of their, like, is it the cereal that you'd be willing to get? It, right. You know, like, I put shoes on, I, my shoelaces broke. Like I have to remember to tell, I have to remember that shoelaces broke. And then I have to remember to mention it to you right. that my shoelaces broke and I need new shoelaces, which brings us to point number four. I don't know about you, but most of us are pretty crappy at asking for help. Yeah. And so now you've put this person who's already under a great amount of stress, their lives have been turned upside down. And now you're asking them to make themselves even more vulnerable and to ask you to do something that want to ask you for help to do something that you may not even really want to do. Right. There is no way that they are going to risk that unless you are their bestest, bestest friend in the whole wide world right. and they will do anything for you. So that's why that's not a great phrase to use. Okay. Um, yeah. I have four, four, four other phrases never to say to anyone with cancer. And I tell what to say instead okay. um, on my website. And we'll talk yeah. about the details of where to find that later. So, um, so that's the first thing. And I always say, just say something, even if you, a great thing to say is I don't know what to say. Right. Right. The situation is so heartfelt or so heart crippling that it leaves you speechless. And that's such a beautiful thing to say to your friend because it's this is happening to say to your coworker, your employee, right. right? My heart hurts for this that this is happening to you. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to say. 
And then the other thing I say is if you are going to offer help, be specific. Mm -hmm. So be really specific and offer more than once. Cause like I said, that person's under crisis. They're probably not going to remember that you offered. Right. But if you say again, I am happy to put together the agenda for the next five weeks while you're out or, you know, to take something off your place while you're working, while you have cancer, whatever it is, right. I'm happy to do that for you and repeat it several times. So the person knows, because what will probably happen is if it's something they really need, then they'll think it twice. They'll think it three times. And the fourth time they'll be like, Oh yeah, Bob offered to do that. I know he's willing to do it because he offered it several times. I'm not, I'm going to be less reticent about asking him because he offered several times. So now I can offer him to do this specific thing. And it's not this big wild thing that, you know, that I have to come up with. Right. So um, that's, it's really important. And those are very helpful because I mean, that's so critical. We, like you said, when things like this happen, it's hard. We don't know what to say. We're, we're kind of at a loss. We, we go back to what we've seen, maybe our parents do, you know, others yes. do in our lives, things like that. Um, sometimes, you know, it, it becomes an, not so much an emotional thing because if it's happened a lot or you've experienced a lot, you kind of shove it down and it's okay. This type of normal routine thing I have to do. Right. Right. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't help somebody feel better. That, no, that, no. We feel that really needs to come out. How, how can you turn around something like this? If you, if there's a way to, um, and not to discount what you went through at all, but is there a way to turn around a positive out of this scenario? Is it just from learning? Well, I, I, yes, strength? I think, I think there is. And I'm actually going to tell you number two, cause you brought it up. So okay. number two is feel like deal with the feel, right? Yeah. We all have feelings and expectations about how, you know what, Bob, I'm so sorry, but it's telling me that my timer is, I've got eight minutes and 33 yeah. seconds. Okay. Yeah, we're okay. We're okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. All right. Um, so what it's, so what it says is I say, deal with the feel. We all have ideas. If you've never had cancer before and you don't know anyone who has cancer, you still have ideas of what it means to have cancer because you've watched TV or you've been on TikTok or Instagram, right? So you have right. these uh, stereotypes and ideas of what it means to have cancer, what it means to lost somebody, all those things. So I think the thing that it's really important is that you sit down and get those things out of your head. Maybe you've had a cancer experience. Maybe someone you cared about died of cancer and now you're terrified. It's bringing up all those feelings right. about that person person who died of cancer. So it's really important you write those things out because when you don't, they leak out of you, right? We don't, mm. we think, oh, they're just our emotions and we shove them down. They're fine. No, they leak out of you. Just like a bad day leaks out of you when you get home. And all of a sudden your cat's a little more scared of you because you're slamming doors, right? Yeah. So, so the, these emotions leak out of you. And if you don't take care of them, then you're not able to really support the person to the best of your ability. Yeah. And that means there's a thing. I just listened to this incredible podcast about bittersweet. Mm -hmm. And there's, I would, I'm never going to tell anyone that the silver lining of my husband's death was the birth of this business right. because they right. don't, it's, it's not congruent. Right? right. Right. But I will say I learned so many things from the people around us that I felt, I feel like it's my job to let other people know how to be helpful because it was so helpful to me. Right. So that's how I turned it around, right? So it became, it's no longer, I want people to feel the way that my husband and I and our kids felt when we were being supported. I want people in the workforce to feel that. And I also want people to feel like they have the power 
to do something, to make things better. Wow. Um, so I think in turning it around is it doesn't happen quickly. Right. I think that that yeah. we need to kind of acknowledge, like there's not, like I love the word resilient and I try really hard to raise my kids to be resilient individuals, but that doesn't mean that they hit the ground. They bounce right back up, no. <laughs> you know? It hurts, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. does. It hurts. And I think it's just having faith yeah. that this situation that you're in is going to get better and it's teaching you something that's going to make your life better. Right. Right. When my husband died, I started counting days. And my friend said that feels like kind of yucky. Like it's five days since your husband died, 10 days, like you're, you know, and I realized I was counting because I knew that at some point, somewhere along the line, didn't know what day it was going to be. I wouldn't feel as horrible right. and as bereft as I felt on the early days. Right. So when, you know, the early days were really important that I counted when I got to month six, I was still counting. I was having, you know, better days. Yeah. But when I hit those really hard moments, I would remember that, right, this is why you're counting. Cause this is a hard day. It's yeah. just a hard day. It doesn't mean it's the end. It's just a hard day. Day 1025 is going to be better than day 1024. I hope. Yeah. Um, and so I think understanding that and having, and, and having that, um, having that faith and I'm not talking yeah. about God spiritual faith. I'm just having the faith in your own ability to recover. Right. Um, is a really good perspective. Key. I mean, it's, you know, you, you forget about that, that, you know, this too shall pass if you will, but it, it does, but it doesn't, you get a little stronger, a little stronger each day, the memory, the everything's still there in your heart, but you know, getting through what you need to get through each day is a little bit stronger and a little bit easier. So that's, um, if there's anything that could come out of it, that growth and that learning, that strength, I think would be one of those scenarios like you're talking about. I, I agree. I agree. I just, I also don't want people saying, well, you know, God doesn't give you more than you can handle yeah. or those kind of things. It's not on it's your not, list of things to say, is it? <laughs> it's, it's not on my list of things to say. Exactly. Exactly. And I think the thing to remember is it's not our job to point out that they will learn from this. It is there is the person's job who's going through it to discover what they're going to learn. Right. So pointing it out to them that, you know, they're going to be fine is basically what you're doing is you're saying, oh, you know what you're going through is no big deal. It's no big deal that your, right. your child died. It's no big deal that you have cancer. It's no big deal that you lost your job. No big deal. You'll be fine. Yeah. And that's not what the moment call for, calls for. The moment calls for you're acknowledging their loss at whatever it is, right? Their loss of the yeah. life that they thought they had, the loss of divorce, the, the, the whatever it is, the loss of the marriage. It's your job to support them and help them find that place of, oh, this is what I learned from it. But you're, you're not, you're not there pointing it out and being like, Hey, don't worry about it. It's all, if someone, so, you know, someone came to me up to me and said a couple of months, I think it was a couple of weeks after art died. I never remember the time frame. You know, Kim, you don't have to really worry because you're young and you'll get, you'll, you'll have plenty of time to be remarried. And I was like, oh, so now I don't need to grieve yeah. my husband. Of course, wow. I feel yeah. so much better now. And they meant well by well. it. They wanted to make me feel better, but it's not their job. It's not your job as the audience member to make someone who's going through something feel better. It's your job to just to hold the space for them to feel like crap so right. they can discover what they need to do and then come back. Okay. 
Well, before we run out of time, because we are running low on time, but let's tell people where they can find your information. And I, I got to give you kudos on your website. Um, people review her website after she tells oh. you what it is, because the story is there in detail. I, I had to hold back some tears listening to that, seeing the pictures. Um, good um, um, honor to your husband, to Art, um, and what you went through. Um but it's, it gives a good breadth of what you do. But if you can, tell people where they can find out more about you. Sure. They can find out more at 100actsoflove.com. And that's the number 100. So 100actsoflove.com. And if you want the free download of four phrases, four other phrases never to say to anyone dealing with cancer loss or anything and what to say instead, you go to 100actsoflove.com backslash what not to say. No spaces, no capitals, what not to say. Um, and then you can always find me at, on Instagram at 100 acts of love, and please reach out to me on LinkedIn. I do LinkedIn lives every Thursday, and I'm happy to answer any questions that you may have. Kim, well, thank you so much for being guests on the encouragement engineering podcast. I appreciate your insight. I appreciate your attitude towards all this. And thank you for sharing this with, with the audience. I really appreciate it. Um, the insight for me has been very good as well. So thank you and keep doing what you're doing. It's a great idea. Thank you so much, Bob. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hello, this is Bob Brum, your encouragement engineer. I want to be your contrarian. I want to help you in the battle to overcome the negativity that inundates our daily lives. You're better and greater than your situation, and you've been given a gift by our great creator. As an encouragement engineer, I can help you to see the value of a positive perspective, positive actions, and positive mindset in your life. No matter if you're a solopreneur, a corporate contributor, or a large organization, the value of your greatness needs to be shared with the world. As an author and encouragement engineer, I would love the opportunity to enlighten your organization with the value of positivity for your situation. We can overcome negativity with the light of positivity. I encourage you to contact us at BobBrumSpeaks.com for more information, and let's have a conversation about your situation and how we can help you. Thanks for joining us on the Encouragement Engineering Podcast. To learn more about the services Bob provides, please visit his website at bobbrumspeaks.com for more information. And please feel free to share this podcast to your friends.